4: Inflation. A lot of ugly inflation numbers out there. It's time to dig into all that. We have a hilarious light in the mood for you and much, much more coming up on I'm Right. Cause and effect. Reaping and sowing. All all these words we've used a thousand times before. It, It... When I look at the state of America right now, because we're about to talk about inflation and the economy and everything else, I can't help but wonder how many Americans understand what is coming. Everyone understands where we are. How many understand why we're here and where we're going from here? So I thought it would be appropriate before we start getting into inflation and the numbers and what the White House is saying and all that, I thought it would be appropriate to once again... Talk about how we got here. I know it hurts, and we're not doing this to point fingers at anybody. We're doing this because if we don't take an honest analysis, we don't have an honest analysis of why we are currently going through pain, then we're not going to know to do better the next time. It's not complicated why gas is up 50%. It's not complicated why eggs, steak, chicken, I mean, just endless things in your life. The costs are going up. The value of your dollar is going down. People can act as if these issues are really, really complicated. It's very complex, you see. We have this number here and that number. It's very complex. You don't understand. Electricity has to go through the megahertz. It's not complicated at all. At all. We are a nation, the United States of America. Nations, even tiny tribes do, but nations have economies. The economy. Now, what what is it, though? I mean, the economy sounds so big and vast and complicated, but it's really not. You're the economy. What do you do for a living? What do you do for a living? You wake up, kiddos, wife, husband, kids, whatever you got, car, you go to work. You, in your off time, you go buy food. You spend money. You go to the movies. You pay your car payment. You are the economy. The economy is 330 million Americans going out there, being productive, producing something, and then taking the fruits of their labor and spending it as they see fit. And that creates an economy. And it's complex, isn't it? I mean, there's a $20 trillion economy. How many different billions of little moving parts are there? It's, It's so vast. Nobody could really understand it. But... We do understand this. It must remain in motion. The economy must keep going at all times. We did something here that is not normal. I don't care how long you scream at me about it. I know history. I understand nations even today. All of them, they have pandemic plans. You don't stop your economy when a new virus hits your shores. But we did. We decided, unbelievably so, we decided to do what China was doing. Us, the land of the free, home of the brave, the country where government's supposed to be small and limited. We got a new virus, and instead of coming up with an American solution, we used the Chinese one? Uh, everyone go home your business isn't essential shut down uh put something on your face you're not even allowed in here put something on your face stand six feet away from everybody idiotic lunacy and so that economy that was supposed to keep moving we just stopped it and it stopped moving and then we started noticing things were going wrong people weren't People didn't have money to pay bills. Businesses weren't running properly. All of a sudden, because we stopped it, uh, really messed everything up. It's like we took all the lubrication out of the engine. We're just burning the thing up. We're wrecking it. So what did we do? Did we then, at that point in time, as soon as we saw all the carnage, the unemployment, the bills not getting paid, did we then say, oh, okay, but this is a bad idea. Start the economy again. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. We walked over to that gigantic money printing machine and we just said, beep, and we just started printing trillions and trillions with a T, trillions of dollars. And then just we had idiot politicians and bureaucrats picking up big wads of them and just chucking it at that economy. I know you can't move right now. Just here's some money. Uh, Here's some stimulus checks and money and free money year. and Oh, you're out? Don't worry. Beep, we just press the printing machine again. Fire off some more money. And now, well, you know, let's not get to now. At the time, at the time, remember, this wasn't even a partisan thing. Tons of this took place under Donald Trump. And I was screaming about it. There were a few of us, not many. There were a few who were screaming about saying, are you out of your mind? Do you have any idea the inflation that's going to come? You can't stop an economy and print money you shouldn't ever do either one of those things if you do both of those things you what no one listened no one listened everyone wanted the bills to keep coming i mean the bills through congress to keep coming just keep sending me stimulus checks keep printing money just just let me stay home and watch netflix and and make it not hurt the bill comes too And I'm sorry, pull up the graph again, Mr. Producer. Gas up 50%, used cars up 26, hotels up 25, fresh fish up 11, eggs are up 12, computers up 8.4, electricity up 6.5, shoes up 5.2, sporting goods up 8. Look, the laundry list of things I could list off for you right now uh, that are up, it would take the whole show. And let's understand what this means because we can point about inflation and supply chains and everything else, but let's do understand what this means. It means you and I, we both poorer. I mean, what is poverty? What is wealth? Wealth is being able to afford the things you want. When you reach some level of poverty or get poorer, it means you all of a sudden can't afford the things you want. Uh, We all have different degrees of it, too. There are people out there right now, they're not able to buy all the groceries they normally buy, and their family isn't going to get as many calories in their bellies. There are other people out there, and this stuff matters, too. They're booking vacations right now, and you saw those hotels are up, right? Hotels were up 25%, I believe the number was. They're booking vacations right now, and instead of going to this little beach town who could use the money for seven days, "Ah, let's do four days, honey. That's all we can afford this year. Each and every American, 330 million of them, making these decisions now. We are all poorer. Joy-Ann Reid says it's Republicans' fault.
1: So Republicans want you to believe the economy isn't doing well, that's terrible. But in reality, unemployment is at its lowest point since before the pandemic began. Prices are higher, which is never good. But Americans are also spending a record amount of money that was pent up during the pandemic, which Economics 101 will tell you drives prices up, AKA inflation. And that conflict between how much we want to spend and what we can get into our hands quickly is contributing to how pessimistic many Americans feel about the economy. Consumer confidence is at its lowest level in a decade, according to a University of Michigan survey.
4: Don't you love how they're spending it? Well, no, it's not that the prices are up or it's not because we blew a bunch of money or the lockdowns. Really, what, what it is is you have so much money. You see, you, you think inflation's up because you have so much money and then you're trying to spend so much. Really, it's it's complicated. You can't afford everything you usually buy because the economy's going so well. Oh, you're going to be seeing a lot of that. You'll be seeing a lot of it. I love this New York Times journalist. <laughs> Quote, All the stuff you see about inflation in the news is driven by rich people flipping their blank. (laughs) Yes, yes, it's certainly the rich people. Let me tell you something about rich people. As you know, I uh, come from a bit of a blue-collar background, to put it mildly. I know a bunch of poor people. I know a bunch of rich people now. Uh, My poor friends, they're making gigantic buying decisions because they can't afford the things they normally bought. All my rich friends... They're off to Barbados for Christmas. Rich people don't care about inflation.
5: Oh, they don't love it,
4: but they don't care. You could jack up steak 25% on them. It's not going to bother them. Increase my hotel prices. I'm still going to stay. I mean, not mine, but theirs. These people don't care. They don't care. And no one in charge right now seems interested in actually solving the problem. Wrap your mind around this. A former Obama economic advisor is flat out saying at this point in time how could an administration loaded with savvy political and economic hands have gotten this critical issue so wrong well listen it's not difficult to figure out how they got it so wrong they may be savvy politically they're not savvy economically and while obama was hugely damaging to this country because he hated this country even Barack Obama in his administration aren't what we're seeing now. What we're seeing now is much, much, much worse. What we're seeing now is essentially like handing a group of toddlers a bunch of razor blades and having them go run around. What am I talking about? Well, Joe Biden is a half-functional adult. Everybody knows that. He's not in control. He's not in charge. So who's actually in charge? It's all the America-hating, radical nutjobs who are surrounding Joe Biden. I told you I was going to talk about where this is going, and let's have a chat. It's not where inflation is, and where it is isn't great. I'm not going to pretend like it is. It's where it's going. This doesn't get better from here. They just passed a massive bill. They're working on passing another one. These bills are not paid for, which means we're either going to print more money, or we're going to suck more money out of the private sector through taxation every single thing we're doing right now is almost like it's geared intentionally towards destroying this economy. You want to know how they could, how all these people with all this savvy could mess this up so bad? They're not messing it up. They're not trying to fix it. This thing isn't going poorly for the anti-American communist radicals who surround Joe Biden. They're surveying the destruction right now. And they're quite pleased now Americans can get mad all they want three and five voters blame Joe Biden for the inflation that's fine I mean that that, that's fine three and five but but Joe Biden's not going anywhere you see I constantly see these stories and I guess they're supposed to make me feel better about buyers remorse this and voters are upset and uh, voters wish they could tough you bought the ticket you take the ride Joe Biden is now president of the United States for four years. This doesn't stop. Maybe, maybe in the future, I know this is radical. I don't want to suggest anything too crazy on the show, but maybe in the future, maybe we shouldn't send a president out of the Oval Office because we don't like his tweets. I don't know, just a thought. I mean, look, here's what you get when you have this presidency. Joe Biden gets into office immediately shuts down the Keystone Pipeline, immediately stops any drilling on federal lands, and shocker, the nation who was just energy independent under Donald Trump now is paying 50% more for gas. What's Joe Biden doing about it? Is he going to open up that Keystone Pipeline? Is he going to open up the drilling on federal lands? Well, no, don't be ridiculous. He simply directed the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, to look into those oil companies. Let's see if they're price gouging. And look, don't take it from me. Take it from his own energy secretary. I enjoyed this.
1: Gasoline, gasoline, you're driving me insane. Gasoline, gasoline,
4: the world's aflame.
1: Gasoline, gasoline, I thought someone new.
4: They don't like gasoline. They campaign against gasoline. They get elected, whether it's Jennifer Granholm, AOC, anyone else. They get elected and they promptly launch a war on gasoline. You're paying more at the pump because these people believe you should not only be paying more at the pump. They believe your entire way of life is a poison on the earth and they're attacking it with the vigor of a religious fanatic. That's what we have now. And... I'm sorry that got a little dark, because how we got there sucks, where we're at right now sucks, and where we're going definitely sucks, but it's not my job to make you feel better. It's my job to tell you how it is. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now speaking of AOC, we're going to talk about her a little bit more, but let's talk for a second about Northwest Retention Systems. I talked to you a lot about their holsters, because holsters save lives and cost lives. That holster fails you at the wrong time, you're dead. So yes, go to Northwest Retention Systems, get a custom-made holster for your weapon, custom-made right here in America. But understand, all their gear comes with that same level of quality. It's not just a scout chest holster or something for your waistband. They have a belt, it's all I wear. Their belt is incredible. They have a sling, and I love this about Northwest Retention Systems stuff, it's not complicated. Complicated gets people killed. Simple, easy to use, two-point sling. Go to nwretention.com right now. nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. It's going to get you 10% off, and you're going to need that 10% because you're probably going to go crazy there. I sure do. nwretention.com, promo code JESSE. We'll be back.
5: Uh, but
6: Gosar's specialty is white supremacy with
4: a minor in patriarchy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I, I find it hilarious whenever the communists pull that out now. And I understand that that intimidates a lot of Republicans still. Oh, oh white supremacy. Oh, they called me a Nazi. Uh, they said uh, patriarchy. I'm so scared. I think it is hysterical so in case you're wondering what all that dust-up was about paul gosar played some cartoon some japanese anime i don't even know how you say it cartoon about uh, aoc was a cartoon character and got attacked by him or something dumb and so yesterday paul gosar gets censured by congress censured is just a way of slapping him on the wrist they took away his committee assignments but it's not like they're fining the guy or he's kicked out of congress or something like that so how should you feel about any of this well, you shouldn't feel anything about it at all except it should wake you up to once again demand your republicans do a lot more the next time they take power you see there have been a lot of really really out of line insane things said by people like aoc maxine waters cory bush all of them. nancy pelosi herself you know Calling someone a Nazi or white supremacist used to actually be a pretty big deal. Those are some ugly things to call someone. They just toss those words around now like they're nothing. What does that mean? It means you should demand of your congressmen that when they take power, they're going to censure 25 Democrats on the first day. Yes, that's how the game must be played now. Ah, oh, Jesse, we got to be better than them. Stop, loser. That's the reason we lost this country. Being better than them for a hundred years is the reason a radical America-hating communist minority has managed to take every single cultural institution over in this country. We were better than them our way right out of power, and now our very way of life is under attack. Enough with that loser talk. I'm not comfortable. I know. I know you're not comfortable. Honestly, when I talk about these things sometimes, I'm not comfortable. But we've had this talk before, you and me, If we want to win, we're in a battle right now for the future of this country, and the people we're fighting against, they don't want a different America. They want to destroy America. They believe this is an evil place that needs to be destroyed. We better win. If you want to win, you're going to have to do things and encourage things that make you uncomfortable. You're going to have to be even more vicious and ruthless than they are. Are you ready for that? Or do you want to be better than them all the way until the communists control absolutely everything? Because you know what that means, right? You understand the death and misery that comes with these people and their worldview. It's really, really, really bad. Enough of this talk. And I do have to give a shout out to the first ever winner of the Jesse Kelly show, bipartisan, hottest women of Congress list, Lauren Boebert. She used her two minutes on the House floor yesterday and she just blasted away at the Dems.
5: Democrat policies are so pathetic and have done so poorly that the left has nothing else to do but troll the internet looking for ways to get offended and then try to target members and strip them of their committees. This is a dumb waste of the House's time. But since the Speaker has designated the floor to discuss members' inappropriate actions, shall we... The Jihad Squad member from Minnesota has paid her husband, and not her brother-husband, the other one, over a million dollars in campaign funds. This member is allowed on the Foreign Affairs Committee while praising terrorists. A Democrat chairwoman incited further violence in the streets outside of a courthouse. And then the cherry on top. My colleague and three-month presidential candidate from California who is on the Intelligence Committee slept with Fang Fang, a Chinese spy. Let me say that again. A member of Congress who receives classified briefings was Gentlemen sleeping with the enemy. This is unacceptable, and this would never Gentlemen, be... Gentlemen, his time's expired. Gentlemen from Florida. Uh,
4: Madam that make you uncomfortable don't care that's how the game has to be played now they're playing to win we're playing to look nice who do you think is going to win in that situation let us go forth and conquer we got will chamberlain coming up next he's going to react to that and much more but let's talk about insurance your insurance i i know i know And I know, having done this several times in my life, how frustrating it can be and confusing it can be. You're going to this website and that website. You're on hold with this. Let me make it easy for you. One Share Health makes it easy. It's a faith-based group with incredible options, incredible rates. And we're talking vision, dental, the works, anything you want. 24-7 telemedicine. They have it all at One Share Health. And... This might be the best part. Right now, if you go to my.onesharehealth.com slash Kelly and you sign up with the promo code Jesse Kelly, they give 5% every single month of your monthly contribution to our veterans at the PTSD Foundation of America in Camp Hope, our veterans struggling to get back on their feet. Not only do you get great insurance, great options at great rates, you get comfort in the knowledge you're giving back to our vets every month. My.onesharehealth.com slash Kelly, promo code Jesse Kelly. We'll be back. Peace back, senior counsel of the Internet Accountability Project and my friend Will Chamberlain. Will, okay, uh, let's address the Paul Gosar thing briefly here. Paul Gosar, Mm -hmm. for people who don't know, he's a congressman from Arizona. He got censured, I think, on the House floor yesterday. Why did he get censured? What does that even mean? What does censured mean, Will?
3: Uh, well, first off, censured is just like a formal reprimand. You know, like they're, they're the House is voting collectively to say you did a naughty thing. Um, and that's apparently what happened. Um, it's supposed to be the lesser step to impeachment or removal. I mean, the House can vote to remove people. They're not doing that, but they censured him and they relieved him of his committee assignments. Um, for a cartoon that... I think depicted him killing AOC or something. Uh, I I don't you know know exactly what the details are of the cartoon. Um, I think it's a it's a remarkable precedent. I mean, this is the second uh, co- Republican Congressperson that they've decided to kick off of committees. Um, this, in in my view, Republicans, if they don't start the next Congress by kicking off like a dozen Democrats, are are, are not doing their jobs appropriately. Like this is one of those situations where. Um, Unilateral disarmament is absolutely silly. The Democrats have indicated they just they're they're going to kick people off of committees for sort of frivolous and ridiculous things. So um, there's plenty of bad behavior on the Democrat side that we could talk about that would justify that would justify removal um, based on these standards.
4: Okay, I'm glad you brought that up, Will. Uh, how in the world can we not start returning fire and kicking them off? Do you think? I mean, look, let's all just assume it's going to be Kevin McCarthy. If the GOP takes back the House in the midterm, do you think he's intelligent enough to read the tea leaves and
3: know he had better start stepping up and do something? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, he's not. I, I think he's smart enough to realize where the where the wind is blowing here. And and also, I think it's you know, there's there's an extent to which you got to see this as very as House Democrat disrespect of McCarthy too, right? McCarthy's not on board with any of these censure measures. Um, he's been pushing hard for his people. And the fact that the Democrats are going forward this in spite of what McCarthy is saying, I think there's a I, I think McCarthy has enough ego and and to take that as professional disrespect and to be to make the point that we're going to we're going to do this to you next time, too. And if you want to if you want to stop this tit for tat, then you need to come to the top bargaining table and, and come with a settlement for us that actually gives us something in exchange for us not removing a dozen or you from your committees. Yeah, I agree. All
4: right. Well, uh, one of our favorite Congresswomen on this show, Lauren Boebert, got up yesterday and just
3: (laughs) skewered
4: Swalwell and Ilhan Omar and everyone else. It was the greatest use of two minutes on the House floor I've ever seen in my life. Ilhan Omar took, uh, uh, she took umbrage with that. Will, she said, quote, luckily, my dad raised me right. Otherwise, I might have gone to the floor to talk about this insurrectionist who sleeps with a pervert i'm glad I'm grateful I was raised to be a decent human being and not a deprived person who shamefully defecates and defiles the House of Representatives. Praise God. I had no idea Ilhan Omar was so upstanding, will?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad I also was raised so properly because, you know, I would never say something like that she married her brother um in an immigration fraud scheme. or I, I would never say that. I would never say that, Jesse, because I'm a good person who is a lot of class, nor nor would I say that. You know, she broke up the marriage of her political advisor and broke up her own marriage um, when she left her husband and the father of her children to go do that. You know, the, the husband she'd been married to the whole time when she was supposed to be married to her brother. I wouldn't say these things um, because like Ilhan Omar, um I was raised properly.
4: Mm-hmm. yeah, of course. Thank you, will, for taking the high road. And I'm sure you'll also take the high road when I ask you about Liz Cheney. Now everyone knows Liz Cheney is just completely useless at this point. but what's? What's the end game, Will, for someone like Liz Cheney? I realize she's political royalty. I'm sure she's not going to be out on the street homeless when she gets bounced out of office. But her conduct, especially over the last year, has guaranteed she's not going to be there very long. She's not going to win a Republican primary, at least I don't think. What's the goal? Why?
3: I mean, I, I guess she looks at Evan McMullen's career and is envious. I, I, don't, I don't know exactly <laughs> what the broad strategy here is. Um you know, you, you get the sense that it's sort of this reactionary attitude to try and protect uh, Dick Cheney's reputation and the wars that Dick Cheney launched, as well as some weird, you know, kind of classical uh, Northern Virginia elite, um, you know, essentially indignance would be, I guess, almost <laughs> what you would describe her behavior as. Uh, but she's done, right? Like, she's not going to win her, her house race. She's going to get booted in the primary um, without, without much of a problem. And then she, I guess she might try and run for president or something, but that would be as effective as the McMullen run. There's, I mean, she's done so much stuff that Democrats could never live down as a, you know, they can res- respect her for betraying the Republicans, but they never vote for her as a candidate. She's, you know, she's taken a million right wing stands on different things over the years that they find intolerable. So, I mean, what's her role? I guess she can, you know, have a column at the Bulwark in like two years. That's the, that seems mm-hmm. maybe what she's aiming for and do a little lobbying.
4: Will, explain for people who don't know who he is, who is Steve Bannon?
3: Um, Steve Bannon is a, you know, the former EIC, and I think I think he's the former EIC of Breitbart, um, is his kind of most relevant role in politics. And then he was uh, President Trump's first chief strategist, kind of kind of co-chief of staff almost. Um, and so he was, you know, he's a very important figure in terms of like pushing the, the Republican party towards populism and towards uh, in, in a way from the kind of weird neoconservative corporatism that had dominated it in maybe the past last 20 years. And so he's a very important figure ideologically, he's a very important figure in terms of what he's you know what he's done for the MAGA movement more generally. Um, and I think that would be a pretty good explanation of why Democrats are despising so much. And, and I think the people who hate him most really, it's not just Democrats, it's the Bill Crystal types who can't stand it because he's the person who's directly responsible for them being marginalized. Well, that's wonderful. I love the guy even more. Okay,
4: now what's going on with him? Why is he in handcuffs?
3: Uh, he's charged with contempt of Congress um, because he did not uh, comply with a subpoena issued by the January 6th committee. Um, he was asserting essentially that, you know, they were asking about his communications with President Trump in the run-up to January 6th. He said, well, those are, you know, President Trump has said those are protected by executive privilege until those claims are resolved in a court of law. I'm not going to get in the way of that. And that's all he said. I mean, I I don't. From the letters I've seen sent by his lawyer, I don't think he was flat out refusing to comply with the subpoena under any circumstances. Merely that he wanted, you know, he you know he didn't want to get in front of the resolution of President Trump's claims. Um, Nevertheless, because Bannon had the audacity to say, "Can we wait a couple weeks here? And and can you figure out the legality of this?" Um, The Democrats decided they and the DOJ. But I repeat myself. Decided that they wanted to indict him for contempt of Congress. I think it's the first such indictment in forty years.
4: Okay, well, I'm glad you brought that up, Will, because that was going to be my next question. There have been recently, just in recent years, example after example after example, it appears the bureaucratic state, no matter who's president, DOJ, FBI, all of them, it appears they are now firmly aimed at the right. And if that's the case,
3: that is a really dangerous place for a nation to be. Yes. Um, and it really, you know, we need to be very careful over the next couple of years when, while we don't have control of the executive branch. And then hopefully when we retake power in 2024, which I think is quite possible um, and, and even likely given how unpopular Joe Biden is, a uh, thing, you know, first thing on the agenda needs to be a full scale uh, house cleaning at all of these agencies, right? The the top floor of all of them should be relieved um, and then installed in their place should be people loyal to the administration. Uh, because really, it's, you know, there's sort of, you know, President Trump got deked out of this, there's sort of this, you know, image of these agencies is impartial, but we see that they're simply not. Uh, they're dominated by people who um, affiliate themselves with the Democratic Party. And so that just needs to change. You can't have the, the law enforcement apparatus, of the country dominated by people hostile to the elected White House. Um, the, these are bureaucrats, they don't have any uh, democratic legitimacy outside of their support. From the you know being appointed by the president and you know being underneath the president, and so if they're hostile to the presidency, they need to go and they need to go immediately upon taking office next time. So we don't have we don't have anything like the Mueller investigation or any sort of um, rebellion of the bureaucracy against the White House. Why didn't Trump do any of that? Uh, I think Trump tried to do a couple things and and got a little scared. Um, basically, I think the you know when he fired James Comey. Uh, he actually had a, a legitimate good reason to do it, which is you know, what his own team had come up with, which was that uh, Comey had actually uh, mishandled the Hillary Clinton investigation. But then he Trump gave an interview um, pretty immediately after that, contradicting his own uh, stated reasons for the firing, saying that it was to protect himself from the Russia investigation. And I think the 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 flack he got for that and ended in the, ending in the Mueller investigation sort of made him like very reticent to sort of press the buttons that he had available to him with regard to DOJ and FBI. And so he just kind of became like he was, you know, sort of like, okay, I'll I'll let the thing go on autopilot, which I, I think is a bad mistake. One of the one of the reasons I really do want a lawyer uh, in charge next time is I, I don't think we're in a bipartisan world where the important thing is to negotiate deals with the other side. I think we're in uh, adversarial world where you basically need to see say that the president is going to be adversarial to the bureaucracy and the Democrats, and he needs to understand all the tools available to him, all the levers of power, and how to use them. and And a lawyer like is is or at least somebody who went to law school is going to be in a better position to understand that.
4: Amen. How about Will Chamberlain? All right, Will. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, brother.
3: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
4: All right. Cesar Ibarra joins us next, but first, before we get to that, debt, do you have any? Have you piled up a lot? You're not going to get any judgment out of me. I've been there. I know how it works. Credit card debts, in-store debts, home, auto, whatever the case may be, life comes at you sometimes. Sometimes you screw it up. Sometimes it's not your fault, but eventually you're, you're looking at the bills and you're buried in debt. If you owe $10,000 or more, I don't care how much that number is, and I don't care how you got there. Total Financial Freedom has seen it all before, and they can help you. Make one phone call for me, and they can help you. You don't have to just accept it. You don't have to throw your hands up and give up. Make one phone call for me, 877-332-8291. Tell them Jesse told you to call. They will take care of you. 877-332-8291. Total Financial Freedom. Call them today. We'll be back. We need smart people on the show every now and then to supplement, well, me. So joining me now, Cesar Ibarra joining me. He's the Senior Director of Legislative Affairs with FreedomWorks, one of the good groups out there. Cesar, before we get into what's going on with Joe Biden's nominee, what exactly is Comptroller of the Currency? People don't even know what that is.
6: Yeah, and thank you for asking that because it's a very, you know, low-key agency within the the Department of the Treasury. But in essence, the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency is in charge of regulating all of the national banks in the United States of America, community banks, and also financial technology institutions. So, so these are the people, the bureaucrats, who have their thumb on the regulatory scale to tell big banks what they can and cannot do. And a lot of the times we know that under Democrat administrations, their job is to ensure that they intervene in the, in the banking market as much as possible. So that's why you've seen a lot of uh, financial institutions and trade associations come out against uh, Omarova. Uh, Solly Omarova, who is uh, uh, President Biden's nominee to head up this agency. So that's, in essence, in short, top-line view of what the comptroller of the currency does. Senator
4: Kennedy went after Omarova pretty good. I enjoyed this. In
1: 2019, you joined a Facebook group, a Marxist Facebook group, to discuss socialist and anti-capitalist views. Now, that's what I see from your record. And you have the right to believe every one of these things. You do. This is America. But I don't mean any disrespect. I I don't know whether to call you professor or comrade. It's hard to
4: argue, though. I mean, when you talk about somebody in the role that you just described as having communist leanings, and it looks like it may be more than just
6: leanings, who is
4: this lady, Cesar? Cesar?
6: Yeah, I mean, she was. She received the Lenin Scholarship at the Moscow State University back in the '80s, right? So she's already, uh, you know, she's already been involved in these sort of Marxist, communist, uh, you know, uh, circles, right? But here's, it's not about where she's from either. Let's look at the policies that she's supporting. She supports getting rid of private banking and making sure that every American, you and me, Jesse instead of having our bank accounts with a JP Morgan or, or Wells Fargo, we would instead have to go and put our bank accounts in the federal reserve and ha- and have the federal government have access to all of our data. She is in favor of regulating just about every, uh, single, um, you know, aspect of the financial services industry. And let's not forget, the OCC is also in charge of financial technology institutions. These are institutions that give uh, give loans to minority communities, those who have a hard time acquiring a normal loan through a big bank, right? Those people who don't have credit, who are trying to make ends meet. The Democrats do not want them to have access to these free market lending uh, uh, institutions, right? So, this is why we have to oppose her. It's not where she's from, it's not where she studied, it's the policies that she supports, Jesse. So, we must make sure that Republicans in the Senate are unified against her and that Cinema Manchin, Maggie Hassan, John Tesser, these moderate Democrats uh, also oppose her because a vote for her is a vote for socialism in the financial services industry.
4: Cesar, not that, not that much about this administration surprises me at this point in time, but how in the world can a woman with that kind of background even sniff a position like this? Was she involved with Obama? Where'd they scrape her up from?
6: Well, th- this is how you know, this is Elizabeth Warren's dream come true. Right, Elizabeth Warren has been in favor of breaking up the big banks and taking, you know, imposing a central banking system in the country. And, you know, Joe Biden, Joe Biden campaigned on being a moderate president, but we know since day one, he's been exactly the opposite of that. And I think uh, this nominee reflects uh, where his administration is going, and that is into central command and control of just about every single uh you know, aspect of our economy. So, where do they pick her up from? Ask Elizabeth Warren. Ask AOC. Ask the Squad. These are the folks who want to rip apart everything we love about our our uh, our economy.
4: All right, Cesar. Let's move on to something that I hope we'll be happy. I don't know. Let's make a gigantic assumption that the GOP takes back the House in the midterms. Can they do anything?
6: Well, here's what we need to do, right? I, you know. Kevin McCarthy and leadership, they just want to get back the majority. And I don't blame them for that. But what does that mean? We need, so on policy, we have to figure out what our HR1, HR2, HR3, like what are those big bills that we're going to be taking up? Is it tax cuts? Is it getting rid of critical race theory and higher, you know, in, in, in the education system? Is it going to be, you know, we is it going to be border security, right? We have to figure out what those policies are. And I hope, uh, you know, the Republican leadership, our Freedom Caucus allies put together a policy outline, sort of a contract with America that will that they will campaign on, and then hopefully they can deliver on that promise, right? But more important, obviously, Joe Biden is going to be president, so he's going to veto any single thing uh, that the, the Congress sends his way if it's a Republican majority in the House and Senate. What we have to focus on is oversight. We got to bring in Dr. Fauci, Uh, every single bureaucrat at NIH, everyone at the Department of Education, all of these bureaucrats, the Department of Justice, for crying out loud, we need justice for all of the things that they're doing, not only to parents, but all of the things that they did uh, to the President Trump, uh, you know, when they were trying to collude uh, all, all throughout his administration. So I think the priority for a Republican majority should be oversight. That is the best thing we can do, and I hope we strongly deliver on that.
4: Cesar, now, I, I, I'm, I'm getting way ahead of myself here. I realize that. But let's just say 2024 has come. We got the House, Senate, and presidency. I am absurdly passionate right now about cleaning out the bureaucracy things you just mentioned. Can we do it? Can we point to people at the FBI at multiple letters uh, levels and say, pack up your stuff, you're fired? Can we clean out the DOJ? Or are all these people so protected by this entrenched system that even if we take back political power, we can't get rid of them?
6: It's going to be hard. You know, Donald Trump tried, and frankly, he had a lot of trouble doing it, right? We had every single, uh, uh, every single uh, bureaucrat in the administration fighting against his political and policy priorities. Every single bureaucrat was doing it. So I hopefully we get a great candidate whether it's Donald Trump, whether it's whoever else, whatever Republican president we get, I hope they they take president Trump's willingness to take on the bureaucracy up a notch because unless we take on the career bureaucrats, we're not we're not going to we're, we're nothing's going to change, Jesse. So we just need people to step it up, have some guts and tell these bureaucrats to go back home and get out of DC.
4: What about, what about the military, Cesar? I, I'm, I, I actually think it matters that we have a military full of generals and admirals who are useless losers who care about skin color. And are we nice enough to women instead of winning wars? Can we at least get rid
6: of them? Well, let's hope so. I mean, these people serve at the pleasure of the president, right? So these, you know, our military needs to go back to business. Why do we pay or why do taxpayers pay uh, the military? We pay them to go out and kill our enemy in the most efficient fashion. We're not there to to have social, social science experiments in the military. And what they're doing with this whole vaccine mandate, et cetera, I mean, this imposing critical race theory, diversity quotas, all of these things, it just shows that the DOD has become nothing more than a jobs program for the defense industry and also a social science experiment for the woke left. So yeah, every single general, who was who has been in office since 2000 to 2021 needs to get needs to retire, frankly, if not fired.
4: Amen. Cesar, thank you so much. Appreciate Freedom Works. Thank you guys. Thank you, Jesse. All right, we got light in the mood next, but first, it's subscription time. It's time for you to go to thefirsttv.com/support. Why? Well, this TV channel, they let me say whatever I want. All of our great shows. We're all allowed to say whatever we want. This network was started because of the First Amendment. The the First Amendment, that's why it's called that. How many TV networks out there, even on the right, would allow me to come on this show every single night and say the things I get away with saying? It matters. In this time where everyone's too scared to just say what they really believe, it matters. Plus, when you go to thefirsttv.com slash support, you get exclusive things. It's not as if you sign up to become a supporter and then it's just gone, oh, no, 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 no. You are officially an insider. Go to thefirsttv.com slash support. We'll be back. All right, it's time to lighten the mood. And I I don't want to get serious here, I don't. But I feel like there is something out there that that people think about me and it's completely not true. People think that I don't like women's sports. People think all I want to do is make fun of the WNBA and all these other women's sports and that I would never watch women's sports at all. Nothing could be further from the truth. Every now and then I come across a highlight video and I'll tell you, to me, when I look at videos like this, I say to myself, man, you know, now that's women's sports. (laughs)